0: And welcome on in to the Jr. Sport Brief Show right here on CBS Sports Radio. Jr. is out tonight. Ryan Hickey in on this Tuesday. Welcome. Appreciate you making us a part of your Tuesday right here on CBS Sports Radio. A busy Tuesday, which means a very, very busy show. So if you're tuning in, especially for the first time, picked a very, very good night to join us right here on CBS Sports Radio. I am about to start the show. By saying words that have never factually and accurately be said into a microphone before this very moment. Are you ready for it? This is groundbreaking radio history right here you're about to listen to. This sentence has never been said before. For the first time ever, the Detroit Lions going into 2024 will have Super Bowl expectations. Lions Super Bowl expectations, those words uttered in the same sentence together have never been factually accurate before today. If you said those words, Lions are Super Bowl contenders before the year, at any year in the Super Bowl era, you would have been called a moron. You would have been called an idiot. You would have been called, as I have, a hot take artist. Because that never would have been uh, correct. You There was really never a time, a year, going into a season where you truly could have said with a straight face and people would have taken you seriously, going into X season, the Lions are Super Bowl contenders. Not in the 58 years that the Super Bowl has been in existence. But that is true of 2024. In large part, not just because of what they did in 2023, but because of the news we got today that their bright, young, offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson is going nowhere. He is staying in Detroit. He has turned down an opportunity to at least continue interviewing with the Washington Commanders. He has said thanks but no thanks to the Seattle Seahawks. He is staying put in Detroit and will return as offensive coordinator in 2024 for the Lions. If he leaves, I don't think – I mean, we'll see how the – offseason plays out, but I don't think I would have truly believed me saying the Lions are Super Bowl contenders if we have a different offensive coordinator in Detroit. That's how big of an impact he had. Like, if you look at the coaching cycle, and we don't just look at head coaches, but you look at coordinator hires as well, offensive and defensive. I think if you add them all together this offseason, the only other coaching move that is more impactful than Ben Johnson staying in Detroit is the Chargers hiring Jim Harbaugh. No other head coach hire, no other coordinator hire is better than the Chargers getting Harbaugh and then right below it, the Lions retaining their OC in Johnson. This is a massive, massive win for Detroit in large part because it also highlights an area that we don't talk about a lot that is maybe the most under-appreciated aspect of winning in the NFL and that's continuity. We don't talk about it a lot because it's not tangible, right? Oh, as long as the same players are there, no matter who's coaching them, you can expect the same you know, results and you can expect a lot of progress from one year to the next. That is not the case for a lot of teams. I mean, look at the NFL. There's a reason why there's really not a lot of dynasties. We haven't had a back-to-back Super Bowl winner, at least as we sit here today. Obviously, the Chiefs in two weeks can uh, can change that. But at least right now on this day, we've not had a back-to-back Super Bowl repeat champion in 20 years. In large part because the NFL is built on parity. Teams rise up, then they get knocked down. But that parity is there in part because there's very little continuity for really good teams. And so when it does happen on a rare basis... Those teams have a massive advantage, and that's what the Lions have going into 2024. The fact that now you can not only keep Jared Goff, which obviously they're, they're going to do anyway, keep Amon Ross St. Brown, keep Jameer Gibbs, keep Sam Laporta, keep their offensive line intact, and now keep the genius behind all of it and Ben Johnson, that is something we rarely see, and now is massive for the Lions going into 2024. I'm sure you're still reeling and still hurt by Sunday's loss. I get it. I understand Trust me, I've seen a lot of my teams blow some some bad and big games. It it hurts, but I hope today's news at least gives you the optimism for maybe the first time since Sunday's loss. Because this is real. The Lions now going forward are not just a fun story in 2023; they are real and they are truly Super Bowl contenders for the first time going into a season in the 58 years of the Super Bowls' existence. I mean, going back to continuity, like, you know the perfect example of lack of continuity hurting hurting a team? Look at the Eagles. Last year, right? Amazing regular season, go to the Super Bowl, lose in a close game to the Chiefs. Even though most, most of their players from last year's Super Bowl team returned this year, they lost their offense coordinator, Shane Sykin, and their defense coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. Just those two losses alone took what was a 14 and 3 team and a team that went to the Super Bowl last year and made them. I mean, I know they made the playoffs, but they were, by the end of the season, they were one of the worst teams in the league. They were getting their doors blown off by the Giants at the end of the season, in large part because the players lost trust in the coaching staff. There was no continuity outside of their head coach, which Nick Cigarani is more of the CEO. So you're not getting the same play caller and you're not having the same terminology stick with Shane Steichen calling the plays and him leaving to go to the Colts, even though it's not, even though you have the same players there, Jalen hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, the offense, especially was out of whack because even though it's the same players, it is still a different system. It is still, you are learning new terminology a new way to do things, even if you want to keep it the same with one offensive coordinator leaving and another one coming in, they're still learning. So you can't get better in the offseason because a lot of the offseason is built on learning from the ground up of learning a new offense, making sure you get the terminology down, making sure you get the formations correct. It's a lot of stuff that, again, we don't pay attention to because it happens in the offseason and because it's not tangible. It's not sexy. But it does have a real impact on winning. And now the fact you can look at the Lions going into 2024. Coming off a season in which they were top five in points per game. Third best in the league in terms of yards per game. Having five pro bowlers on their offense alone. The fact that now they can run it back is the exact reason why they are Super Bowl contenders in 2024. Having that same voice keeping that same terminology, and instead of learning with a new coach, learning a new system in the offseason, and now you can just go right to building off last year. What worked? How can we make it better? What did we struggle with? How can we improve that in 2024? You are learning and tinkering with what was a great offense versus starting from the ground up. That is huge. Especially for a quarterback like Jared Goff that I think does need a little bit of help. And keeping things the same for Goff, keeping the offense the same, keeping the coach the same, in which he had, you know, close to a, a career year. That's massive. And two, I give Jared Goff a lot of credit in part because he was someone that I didn't, I didn't really have a good feel on. Like he was fun to watch and he's played really well at home and he's played really well against bad and okay teams but when the good teams roll in, it's like, oh, do you really trust Jared Goff? I don't, mm, I don't know. It's, you don't really feel great about betting, uh, you know, betting your 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 rights in, in trusting Jared Goff. And to his credit, Goff is coming off a postseason where four touchdowns, no interceptions, which is a big bugaboo at times in the regular season, and 105 quarterback rating. One of the best in the uh, postseason. Had an awesome playoffs. And now you can bring it all back in 2024. Amazing. But that continuity is for me the reason why the Lions for the first time ever can truly be called Super Bowl contenders. Again, the Eagles showed you lack of continuity, how much that could hurt. We'll see because now a name to keep an eye on with Ben Johnson backing out of the commander's head coaching job, a name to keep an eye on is Texans OC Bobby Slowick, which would mean then... CJ Stroud would have two offensive coordinators in two years. And so while you want to, you know, you would think the next offensive coordinator would try to keep things similar and try to build off of 2023 instead of, you know, fixing things which don't need to be fixed. But now you have CJ Stroud having to learn a new system, learn a new coach who has new teaching techniques compared to Slovak. Like it is an adjustment and adjusting to that takes away from improving and getting better. Continuity matters, especially when we're talking about teams like the Lions that are so close, so close to breaking through, so close to winning their first ever Super Bowl. This is a massive win. I know you're still hurting today, Lions fans. I feel you. It sucks. But outside of winning on Sunday and going to the Super Bowl, this is the next best thing you could have heard. Ben Johnson, back in 2024, eyes on the Super Bowl, now for the first time ever going into a season. You can say, in the 58 years that the Super Bowl has been in existence, the Detroit Lions are Super Bowl contenders. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. If you look at right now this Detroit Lions team coming off what is a heartbreaking loss, to the 49ers and Dan Campbell after the game talking about how hard it is. This may have been our only shot, you know, to get here. We've seen plenty of good teams feel like, oh, they'll be here for a while and then never make it back. With the news of Ben Johnson coming back today for the Lions. If you don't view the Lions right now as a Super Bowl contender, let me know why. If you disagree, that is the number to call. Also, we are on social media at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. All right, we'll get your thoughts on the Lions and also when we return here. Well, now the commander's got to not start back, you know, from scratch, but with a guy that I assumed at least, and I'm guilty of, you know, happens when you assume, um, a guy I assume would be their next head coach in Ben Johnson, now that he took his name out of the running, where do the commanders go from here? I have a solution. It's obvious, and it should go down. This should be the only name the commander's now circling on. I'll tell you that when we do return. In case you're just tuning in, welcome. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for making us a part of it. It is Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll come back here and discuss the name the commanders now have to target. Ryan Hickey with you right here, CBS Sports Radio.
1: It's Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey.
0: JR, definitely the magnificent one. I, though, Ryan Hickey in for JR. Unfortunately, not many people have said that about me. And you know what? They wouldn't be wrong. They wouldn't be wrong. Welcome on in. Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on CBS Sports Radio. You just heard the voice before of Dan Campbell after the game Sunday talking about how difficult it is to get back to where the lines were, right? It's a great season. I think I'm guilty of this as well. Oh, when it's a young team. You assume they'll be back so close on the NFC title game. They'll be back. They'll be knocking on this door for years to come. And Dan Campbell, while it's sobering and depressing and, and only, I think, adds salt to the wound of what is still a painful uh, end of the season, He's 100% right. There's no guarantee the Lions will be anywhere close to the Super Bowl again. Ask Phillip Rivers and the Chargers, who got to the AFC title game in 2007 when he had a torn ACL, never got back. Plenty of great ones knock on the door. Ask Dan Marino, got to a Super Bowl in year number two, never got back. You could think, oh, we're young, we're just getting started here, we're going to build off of that. It is really really hard to do. And the NFL is designed to knock all the great teams down and try to build all the bad ones up in order to maintain parity, in order to prevent dynasties and having the same teams every year be the final four teams, the final two teams competing for a championship. So while Dan Campbell is correct, that the Lions, this may have been their only shot with this core group of guys to make it to the Super Bowl. I think the news you got today, Lions fans, should give you absolute joy and hope and optimism for the first time since Sunday night that 2024 is actually going to be the year. With Ben Johnson now returning to your sideline, calling plays, and now still keeping that continuity that you had from what was a great 2023 season, now that makes you, for the first time ever, have Super Bowl expectations going into a season. Never could have truthfully been said about the Lions before. That is now the case in large part because your offensive coordinator, the guy that knows how to put all those weapons in positions to succeed, is back. Don't take that for granted either, by the way. like I hope you understand how big of a move this is for the Lions and keeping their OC because it's not as simple as, oh, well, you got Goff, you got you know, Jameer Gibbs, you got David Montgomery, Amon Ross St. Brown, like Sam Laporta, a really good offensive line. Like, you're setting no matter who's calling the plays. Not true. Ask Atlanta Falcons fans. Sure, you could say Desmond Ritter wasn't the answer. But Arthur Smith was supposed to be an offensive mastermind with Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson and a solid offensive line. That offense was tough to watch. So having a good offensive coordinator matters. Ask uh, ask the Eagles, who lost Shane Steichen, and ask the Colts. I'm a Colts fan. I saw it firsthand. Shane Steichen made chicken salad out of you know a chicken. You know what? With Gardner Minshew playing all but one game this year, and having the Colts finish with a winning record, despite their first round pick and Anthony Richardson starting and finishing one game, coaching matters. Where you can take bad teams and make them better. Coaching also matters. You can take good teams and make them worse. That Eagles offense was really hard to watch. Only difference for the most part? Guy calling the plays. It matters. Especially with Dan Campbell not being the play caller, being more the CEO. If he whiffed on an OC, Lions chances of going back to the NFC title game next year severely go down. And it's hard. It, with how good Ben Johnson is it is really hard to think that if he was to leave and let's just say he took the commanders head coaching job he's an impossible guy to replace those guys just don't grow on trees there's not a, a Ben Johnson 2.0 waiting in the wings to then step in and just keep this offense going where it picked off uh picked up from so this is a massive massive w here for the lions they get their offensive coordinator Ben Johnson back and now are truthfully and actually Super Bowl contenders in 2024. Now, on the other side of this, the Washington Commanders have just lost out on a head coach a lot of people wanted for their squad. And I think considering where they were, where their needs are, mostly quarterback having that number two overall pick, this was supposed to be the answer. Ben Johnson bringing his creativity in, Draft a quarterback. You have some weapons on the offense. He was going to come in and try to recreate the Lions uh, offense down in Washington. Now you got to go back to the drawing board. The guy I would circle. The guy I would make a line for right now if I'm the commanders. Is Bobby Slowick, offense coordinator, Houston, Texas. Because he just did in 2023 what you are praying your head coach does in 2024. The Texans and the Commanders are extremely similar. Texans, I should say it. Last year and the Commanders this year. Like you look where the Commanders are right now. Number two overall pick. A lot of cap space. Some talent. I really like Terry McLaurin. John Dotson's a really, you know, young and upcoming uh, promising wide receiver. Brian Robinson Jr. had a really good year. So you already have and you already have more talent right now in Washington than even Stroud had in, in Houston last year at this time. But you need a guy to come on in and develop a top draft pick. Slowick, as the first time OC coming over with D'Amico Ryans last year, took over a team that was in disarray, that had really no talent on it whatsoever, that took a guy in CJ Stroud that was far from a slam dunk. Now he looks like a slam dunk. Right now he looks like... He was the obvious choice at number one and the guy that the Panthers should have drafted. But there are real questions about Stroud coming out of the, you know, going into the draft, I should say, and where he would be drafted in large part because, well, was he made by the talent around him at Ohio State with all those great receivers? Was he made by the offensive system put in place by Ryan Day? Is it concerning and is it going to be a trend now going forward that in every big game for the most part he played and he did, did not play well? There were real questions about how good Stroud could be and the mobility or lack thereof with him trying to translate to the NFL. And Sloick, with again not a lot of weapons, with a turnstile offensive line that I mean must have gone through like no joke fifteen offensive linemen to play at least a game. They were going three deep at some positions with the injuries they uh, they suffered and they were dealing with. So a revolving door at offensive line. Nico Collins, no disrespect. Achieved nothing before this season in terms of being a, a reliable number one wide receiver. One of the other wide receivers is a rookie in Tank Dell. Not, you know, sure what to expect there. A run game that never quite got going throughout the year. And we are looking at C.J. Stroud as not only the consensus offensive rookie of the year. Not only a really promising up-and-coming quarterback. But having also, two one of the most impressive rookie seasons we have ever seen from a QB. Everything that you saw in Texas or down in Houston, I should say, with the Texans is exactly if you're Washington was you want to re- uh, replicate in D.C. next year. So I know there were a lot of drama about, you know, the, the timing of when Ben Johnson called and they're already in, in flight to Detroit to go meet with them. Now they're going to Detroit anyway because they're meeting and going to do a doubleheader of both meeting with Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn. So it's not like it's a wasted trip. They still the commander's that is still went to Detroit um to meet now with the Lions defensive coordinator. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, is also a popular name being floated out there. But for what the commanders need, especially coming off of Ron Rivera, where um he was a defensive mind and never got the offense going, never got a quarterback, never got real offensive momentum. I think you have to go offensive coordinator if you're Washington. And now, especially with the number two overall pick, you got to trust the guy who just developed an offensive rookie of the year, a quarterback, and now C.J. Stroud is on track to being one of the, the best young QBs in a loaded AFC. That's the guy you need to go get. That's the guy you need to hire. If I'm the commanders at this point now, after getting turned away by Ben Johnson... My target, Bobby Slowick, office coordinator for the Houston Texans. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We'll talk coaching here in a second. But speaking of coaching, I do also want to point out one more thing with Ben Johnson not going to um, the commanders, and that is this. This is important. Now more than ever, coaches have to be picky. You can't just, if you're a coordinator, take any job thrown your way. You have to be particular about which team and which situation you are going to. Because we have seen, right, patience now is at an all-time low. I mean, we are coming off two consecutive years in which coaches in their first year have gotten fired. Frank Reich down in Carolina and last year Nathaniel Hacker with the Broncos. It wasn't that long ago Steve Wilkes is in Arizona was a one and done as well. Now the years of patience, three years before we make a decision, four years, sometimes it used to be even five years before we decide if we got to get rid of our head coach or not, those timelines are shrunk. Now it's like first half of the first season, how's the team looking? We got promise? Can we, can we make a, a move here? Or is ooh, more of the same or, or not exactly getting what we were promised? And so if you're Ben Johnson, who is going to be in high demand next year, you can really be picky. You have to pick the best situation for what you want to accomplish. Because fan bases now are not patient. Owners are not patient. And doesn't matter what you did at your last team. Nobody cares. If you go to Washington, and let's just say, for argument's sake, you draft Drake May number two, and Drake May is a flop. Well, is Ben Johnson going to get a chance in two or three years to pick another rookie quarterback? The answer may be no. And so if you're Ben, you have to now more than ever be patient and and be picky about where you want to go. I think he has the right philosophy where, if whether it was ownership, whether it was the roster, whether it was what to do with the number two overall pick, whether it was the GM and philosophy, whatever got to him and said, mm, Washington isn't for me. I give him a lot of credit. I commend him. And I think now a lot of other coaches need to have that same approach as well because I get it. There, there's only 32 jobs. And if you're a coordinator, most times you have the. Um, aspirations to be a head coach, but you pick the wrong situation, wrong roster, wrong expectations, wrong owner, you not only be fired quickly, could be your only opportunity. Once you get fired, you have that stink on you. And you may, some coaches have never been able to get it off. Good for Ben Johnson for being patient and also now um, for being choosy and sticking with the Lions. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. With Ben Johnson returning, I think now for the first time in the 58 years of the Super Bowl existing, the Detroit Lions going into a season can now be called Super Bowl contenders. Lions fans, congratulations to you. Dave is calling from Miami. What's up, Dave?
1: What's going on, Hick?
0: How are you doing, What's man? Up? What's on your mind?
1: Your Excellency. I'm sorry. I, I'm honored to be in your presence. Your Excellency. Um, Jeez. <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant, that's my name for today. Um, I like to talk about Detroit, you know, my favorite town in the, in, in the older United States. Um, I think Campbell's right. You know, there's always a 50-50 chance he may be going back, and the other side of the coin is that he may not. We haven't had a, a repeat champion in sports in such a long time that who knows if it will happen again because it's too hard to keep a team together, you know, they may not buy into the coach. Something might happen. Some injuries may happen. Something may happen that may change things entirely. But that's all I got for you, sir. Thanks. Keep up the good work. I love your show.
0: Thank you, Dave. Appreciate the call. Enjoy Miami. I'm, I like, I'll just say this. If I had to choose between Miami, Detroit, no disrespect to Detroit, I will choose Miami all day. But that's just me. Uh, different strokes for different folks. But that's, like, that's, I think, why this is so huge for, for Detroit is because you now get continuity back. Losing Ben Johnson, again, even though you keep all all the offensive players, right? Goff is coming back. Amon Ross St. Brown is coming back. Sam Laporte is coming back. There's a lot of young, promising talent on the Lions offense. But losing the, the, the guy calling the shots in Ben Johnson, it's not easy to replace him. And just because you have the talent does not mean that all of a sudden the offense is automatically going to equal or surpass what they did the previous season. Again, I'll just point you in the direction of the Philadelphia Eagles who basically ran it back on offense with a different coordinator, and it was a complete disaster. Continuity is not something we talk about a lot. It's not sexy. It's not tangible. But it does have a major impact on winning, especially for the great teams. And now you're seeing with Detroit, not only were they a great team in 2023 with promise in 2024, now they keep at least on offense the band together, which is massive for their future. 855 212 4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three is where you can find me on social media. It is Ryan Hickey in for JR Sport Brief on this Tuesday. Speaking of the future, the future unfortunately looks, actually looks cloudy for all of us as NFL fans when it comes to our viewing experience. Tell you why when we do return. But before that, a guy who I'm looking at right now. Who well, anytime I see you, act it's never a cloudy day. It's always a bright ray of sunshine. I missed you yesterday. I'm glad you're back in our presence.
2: Jury duty, doing my civic duty.
0: Really? Yes. Did you try to get off early on purpose, or they let no. you go?
2: Uh They let me go. Did I would never. Want- I would never do that. I would never try to get off because the judge sees right through that. That's that's asking for trouble.
0: The, so I've never actually had to go to court. Mm-hmm. So I've never even gotten the opportunity to even just be in the presence to get, you know, kicked off the, mm-hmm. um,
2: the jury panel.
0: Yes. And just even make my case as to why I don't want to be there. I know at least from other experiences or at least what I've heard here say, it's not the most exciting or at least you try to get off and not actually get the case. Have you ever actually been on a case before?
2: I have not been on a case. I have served in Brooklyn. I've served in Manhattan. I've served grand jury duty. Oh. And yesterday was federal federal. I'm actually not out of the, out of the woods yet. Uh, I was I was let go yesterday, but I had to keep checking in for the next 10 days. So so far an oh, alternate uh, to see if they bring me back for another day and and
0: potentially for a trial. Do you want it like would you want to get on a case or are you kind of like, ah eh, I got personally
2: off. no okay <laughs> but if you got to go, you got to go.
0: All right so you are truly living it. out your civic duty. you will go you'll put your best <laughs> yes. effort forward but if you had it your way, you would be here with us instead of listening to uh, exactly someone's future decide guilty or not guilty. Yesterday would
2: have been a civil trial, so it's not necessarily guilty or not-
0: well I guess it is guilty, yeah, so yeah yeah, right yeah. I mean mm-hmm. okay, yes, you don't have like a, imagine it was like an o j trial
2: that's that's imagine tough. that you know why because you you only get paid for like a couple of days and then you're on your
0: own, and that would what, months right the, the, yeah that's. so so that's a tough one. That's that's tough to explain to the bosses here. I am going to need three months off. And yeah, we,
2: we had actually somebody that that worked in this building that was on a tr- uh, trial for about two months.
0: Oh, <laughs> and it's every day, right?
2: Every day. Oh
0: my goodness. Yeah. That's
2: see, like grand jury duty, they'll they'll work with you because it's it's two weeks. But if you have to miss a day, they'll let you. Yeah, they'll or you have to leave early one day, they'll let you go. What? Yeah.
0: What? So you just miss like. Like, I mean, what is like even grand I, jury grand like, what do you jury even is, do with the grand jury? I don't even They know.
2: give you they give you situations, I guess you I guess you would call them cases. And if there's enough uh, enough of a reason to indict, I don't I don't know if I'm getting the term correct, but basically is if, if there's enough evidence that warrants an indictment, that's you, you you either hand out the indictment or you don't. So of of the two weeks that I served grand jury duty, uh Every every case that was an indictment, except the only exception was there. Sometimes there are multiple counts, and we did three instead of four.
0: Interesting. All right. So, wow.
2: So they basically say, you know, Ryan Hickey was was caught shoplifting from this store at X day X time or whatever, and you have to decide whether we think you were innocent or not. Could have could have been somebody else, you know.
0: The, you figure you want them there every day though, right? Listening, or is it? You know. It's not really. Sometimes
2: there aren't aren't enough cases. Sometimes you you can oh, go you can you can go through a day and you may hear like just one one case. Usually the cases in grand jury duty, at least from from my experience, weren't that long. They present the case, the prosecutor comes in, they give you the facts, and then you then you decide by. I, I
0: believe it was a majority vote. I will say, I do like judging people, mm-hmm. but. I don't being there for weeks or months at a time, listening to different sides and different angles of the same story. I think I would get sick of it. So at least at this point, never even having to get to the point where I have to go to the court to, to be on the panel. I will take, I'm glad you're back with us here. We'll see day by day. I guess yeah. you're like Gardner Minshew with the pro bowl waiting to see exactly. if you're going to get, you know, <laughs> someone's going to tap out and we're going to have to put rich Ackerman on the, on the uh, stand here. Yes. Well, I guess in the jury box, but happy to have you back here Ack. it is Ryan Hickey again, in for JR and CBS sports radio. Cloudy future for us as NFL viewing fans next.
1: It's Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey.
0: Ryan Hickey in for jr Appreciate you listening on this Tuesday. As a reminder, before we go any further, the Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces DOD, veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. This week's player is, of course, none other than Chiefs defensive back, Legereus Sneed. Five tackles on the game, but made what I would say the game saving and game changing play, punching the ball out of Zay Flowers' hands, inches from the goal line, forcing that fumble that the Chiefs recovered, taking what should have been seven points off the board and making a 17 7 game, 17 14. Instead, that 10 point deficit did remain. We know the Ravens never really got close to uh, chipping that lead away. And the Chiefs back to the Super Bowl, the fourth Super Bowl in five years. Because in part of Legarius Snead's play, he is our Navy Federal Credit Union Defensive Player of the Week. Congrats to you, Legarius! All right, I said it before. We did go to break here. Cloudy times are ahead for us as viewers of the NFL. And that is because on Sunday in the NFC title game, we heard at least right now scheduled the final A broadcast of Greg Olson with Fox. He is the A team with Kevin Burkhart. But next year, it's going to be Tom Brady replacing Greg Olson on the A team, which means Olsen's going to get bumped down to the B team. Look, that sucks for us. It sucks for Greg. It sucks more for us. Greg Olsen, to me, is like 1A in terms of right now NFL broadcasters. I would put Troy Aikman number one. But I think, to me, what Greg Olsen, between his analysis, his knowledge, how quickly but yet succinctly he's able to diagnose plays and tell us, the viewer, what happened and why this happened and if it was the right play or the wrong play, what should have happened in the split second within the span of the replay also being funny, also having some personality as well. The chemistry he and Kevin Burkhardt had, I thought was tremendous. All of that now is gone. And it's being replaced by Tom Brady. And I think Fox is making a massive mistake here. Tom Brady is the bigger name, the more accomplished player. But at least for me, when I watch football games, I'm not listening to the color commentator because of what they accomplished. It helps maybe, you know, bring some extra emphasis to what they're saying, but it's not like I'm sitting here saying, oh, I'm only going to listen to Tom Brady because he won seven Super Bowls and I can't listen to any other quarterback breaking it down because they don't know. They're, they, they don't know. I listen to guys that are good and it happens more often than not that some of the best players in the league are not very good analysts, are not very good commentators. And I, I don't think that's going to be the case now with Tom Brady. I think if you're fox with what you have with Greg Olson being so good, I don't see. I know you paid Tom a lot of money. I think it's a bad move in part because if I'm another network, I'm giving Greg a call. I mean, if you're CBS, I know like you're basically halfway through the Tony Romo massive 10-year contract uh, that you paid him a few years ago. But like seriously, if you and I, look, I'll be honest, I don't know how this works. Like, can you trade talent? Can you, can you poach a talent, you know, from another uh, broadcast company if they're under contract, even though the opportunity is bigger? But if, if CBS, let's just say, was able to get Greg Olson this offseason because he's going down to the number two team and they wanted to bump Tony Romo off the number one team, if I'm CBS, I don't care if I'm paying double, that's worth it. Tony Romo, he's lost it, man. He went from a, a hero and a guy everyone loved like five years ago to a complete zero. I mean, you, you barely understand what he's saying. He—he he, I don't even think he knows what he's about to say. He just kind of speaks word vomit and then just hopes that the words run together and make sense. Uh, Tony, uh, the, the shine is off Tony big time. I'm not even, honestly, like you listen to that broadcast. It doesn't even sound like Jim and Tony are friends. It it does not sound like they they respect each other. They like each other. You can kind of get that tension, or maybe it's disconnect is the better way to phrase it, but it feels off. From what they're able to accomplish the, the first year together to now, they have regressed big time. And if you can get Greg Olson on your team, damn it, if I'm CBS, I'm doing it. He is that special, and it's a big loss for us, the viewer. Now, Tom Brady's doing the media rounds today announced that his TB12 uh, training program is partnered with Noble. Uh, so congrats to them, and I guess they got a free plug, so congrats to them doubly for getting that. But Tom was on the Pat McAfee show today, and did kind of talk about that transition from now taking over Greg Olson's slot as the number one broadcaster. And if he learned anything from Greg, here is Tom Brady.
1: A lot about how I see the game, and I think Greg's done an incredible job. I have so much respect for him, how he approaches his job. He's super prepared in what he does. Um, I think he does an incredible job every time he's on. I love listening to him. Um, and, and I'm just going to go in there and do the best I can do with my own perspective. And I certainly have had a unique vision and perspective of the game of 23 years. And hopefully I just can provide some insight to all the viewers yeah. and all the fans. Who yeah. Love the I'd game. Say it's love unique. the support. Yeah. Yeah. unique. <laughs> yeah, need- yeah, it. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. It's unique. You know, I've been a part of a lot of, you know, I've been a part of a lot of Super Bowls, championship games. I've had some, you know, seasons that didn't go the way we wanted. I have some injuries. I was undrafted rookie. I've seen guys come in with great expectations and not meet it. I've seen underdogs like Julian Edelman come along and make it. So, again, I think I've had 23 years of just observing. And I I get to go on now and speak to a wider audience. And I used to probably use my body and my brain out there, and people would see me kind of, lead the team down the field and now i get to do that in a different way using my voice
0: it's he's he's right he has a very unique background uh but with how good greg olson uh has been i should say excuse me uh tom brady's unique career we'll say does not automatically translate him being a great broadcaster chris has doing a great job producing tonight how do you feel about greg olson chris are you a big fan of his are you with me here are you excited for tom brady coming to the booth in 2024 I am a Greg Olsen fan, big time. Stan, Greg Olsen, Stan? I wouldn't go as far as Stan, but I am a huge fan because the way he... He could describe it to a monkey, and a monkey would understand it. He has that unique way of making it so easy for even the fans that may not necessarily know what's going on. He does such a good job with it, but I liked Roma, but if I have to hear, Oh, I don't know, Jim. Oh, God. And it feels like, too, they don't even know what's going on. Like, I think I'm sitting there on the, like, watching the game, being like, no, 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 guys, like, this is what they're either reviewing. This is what, like, what just happened. Like, it feels like they're watching almost two different games of, well, are they debating what this penalty is? Are they debating was he inbounds or outbounds? It's like, no, they're not. Like, it feels like he's just lost sometimes. Where, like you said, Greg Olson, I like that. I think you're right. He explains it. If he was explaining football to a monkey, the monkey would absolutely know what he's saying and be able to, absorb and understand the information that is quickly processed and given to him. It's Olsen checks every single box and it he did a, an A-plus job. It sucks that he, I mean, he. I think he's getting screwed because he's getting kicked out of his job, not because of poor performance, but because a guy with a bigger name and a, a guy two years ago, they promised a, an unbelievable, what was it $350 million salary? I think it was up top of my head uh, because they promised that to a guy still playing the game a few years ago. Now he has to lose his job. It sucks for Greg. It also sucks for us. All right, when we return here, the Steelers have hired a new offensive coordinator. But I'll tell you why, or what I should say, is going to make them or make the difference in 2024. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR, CBS Sports Radio.